What up, what up, what up? This is Trust the Doc Podcast uh, with your host, me. Uh, we're back on a special week episode this week. Um, got a week off work. Headed down with the family to North Myrtle. Uh, so happy to do our first podcast from out of state down here in South Carolina. Got a special guest with me today, um, my cousin Ethan, heck of an athlete himself, currently a junior at Penn State, also thinking about going to medical school. Uh, happy to have him here today to talk mostly NBA today in the pod, and then next episode we're going to focus on some NFL topics, the draft, uh, why quarterbacks choose uh, NFL over MLB in today's financial landscape. But today, just going to focus on Donovan Mitchell, some of the trade rumors, where he might end up and uh, the Warriors and some luxury tax info and their owner, Lako, getting fined about a half mil for his comments earlier this week. And the end of the episode is just going to focus on the NBA draft. We'll highlight the big three, round out the rest of the top ten, and then we'll talk about a couple of people outside the top ten, outside the lottery picks, who we think uh, could make a splash in the league this year. So, uh, Ethan, say what up to the people. What up? I'm happy to be here. Like, I, like uh, Austin said, I'm his cousin. I'm a huge huge NBA fan. I've done a lot of research on all the players before the draft, and I think I have a pretty good idea of what each of them have uh, are going to bring to the table in the NBA. All right. Happy to have you on. Let's get started. We're going to start with the uh, Joe Lacob and his comments on the luxury tax earlier, earlier this week that cost him about a cool 500 k to the league. Uh, so we talked last week about the luxury tax in the NBA, what that means. When these teams go over their soft cap, like most of them do, and then go above the luxury tax threshold um, and, the, and the money they have to pay and redistribute to the other teams in the league that aren't doing so. Uh, so the Warriors owner, Joe Lacob, came out and basically expressed his frustration with this. And we looked at the numbers and it works out that uh, Lacob and the Warriors are about 35 mil over the threshold. So for them, they have to, or for Lacob, they have to pay an extra $140 million, which gets basically collected with the other teams that are being taxed and redistributed to the sort of lower-end teams, the less-spending teams in the league. And, um, you know, what are, your, what are your thoughts on that, that the teams with the, you know, basically the best rosters have to pay all these, pay all these taxes, especially the Warriors, and uh, only being $35 million over, basically a good player over the number, and they got to pay a whole $140 million in a year. Yeah, well, obviously you're going to need that in a league like the NBA just because there's so many really solid players, and if they all teamed up, like you have like LeBron, KD, all of them, Harden, Embiid, they could all team up on one team, but it wouldn't really work out because of this luxury tax because because it's he's only $35 million over, but like you said, he's paying $150 million to back to the league. It's like almost impossible for an actual owner to do that. So obviously it's a good thing. But then again, the the Warriors have one starter on their team outside of the, outside from an outside team, which is Andrew Wiggins, who's making twenty five right. million, I think, somewhere like, around that. Cur- they, they have Curry, Clay, Draymond, Looney, all all drafted by the Warriors. They all signed con- like extended contracts, max con- almost max contracts or max contracts, and like should they be penalized as much as like I don't know the Nets were. I don't know, man. That's, That's It's a slippery slope, and you bring up some good points. So I think what it really comes down to is what we kind of talked about earlier in the, I believe, the first episode is, you know, what's more important? Do you build through the draft, or do you go buy out stars? And uh, it raises a question this week I heard 
kind of getting tossed around some of the other sports podcasts on the herd and things like that. Um, and, you know, with the Warriors and Lake of, uh, tossing around the idea that these teams that are homegrown, like the Celtics mostly and the, and the Warriors mostly, that uh, maybe the luxury tax should be a lower percentage because they drafted those players, so maybe they won't get penalized. Maybe if they're all homegrown players and they're only $35 million over, maybe it's, you know, 50% of what they were fined instead of the full $140, $150 million that he's going to have to shell out. Um, just really anything to incentivize the NBA to build through the draft and to not make these, you know, quote unquote super teams. Uh, but what 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 does that idea kind of spur for you? What do you think about that? So that would be, I believe that would be a good idea. But there's also <clears throat> a point in the NBA that I think that you need to understand what the salary cap issue is. You can go over the soft cap by re-signing players, but you can't right. when you're trading players. Right. So if you like the Sixers, for example, traded for James Harden. They could have signed him this year to a way bigger deal than what he was making. Right. And they would they would have been able to do that because they traded for him first and then he re-signed. Right. If he would have signed that with the war, uh, with the Nets and then got traded, they, the well, he wouldn't have been able to get traded. Right. So then there's that number. kind of thing, too, in that, yeah, it incentiv- already incentivizes players being already on the team. But, again, like, that's different than draft Like, draft picks... If you can hit the uh, you can hit the draft picks, I think there definitely should be like rewards to the owners for that, and that would definitely be wonderful. Right, and like we talked about, some of the league's most exciting teams are built through the draft. Whether it's the Warriors and the Celtics, who have been kind of kicking ass these past few years, especially the Warriors, um, Kevin Durant aside, um, you know some of these other teams that have been you know you know poorer owners are in less you know, valuable markets, uh, finally have some young talent on their team because there's just a lot to go around. Um, so some of these young teams that have been irrelevant for the past several years are starting to kind of come into the spotlight and be competitive. You see the obvious examples with the Grizzlies and their young talent with John Morant and his surrounding pieces. You see Dallas with basically Luka coming on the scene and, and essentially dominating the league like he kicked the Suns' butt up and down the court in the end of that series. Um, so you see those are like the prime examples and and even on some of these you know younger teams who knows how the thunder will work out the rockets you know all those sort of teams who are kind of collecting these young talented players you know somewhat in part due to superstars being traded in the past couple of years and them collecting future picks that they're now cashing in um, so it's interesting to see you know how does the NBA do moving forward we talked about the NBA salary cap um, and players' contracts, basically, the star players getting paid three, four, five million each year as the you know as we progress on, just kind of projected numbers on the on the cap being projected to rise, uh, and we also talked about you know we love the NBA, we think the players are more talented than ever before, but the ratings are still technically down. Um, so will the salary cap keep going up? Uh, I don't I don't think it'll be the same trajectory as the NFL. I think the NFL is just printing cash. Um, you know, everybody loves the NFL, it feels like, and and every team, for the most part, maybe outside of Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> I hate to, I, I feel like I crap on the Jags or the Browns every podcast. I'm really sorry <laughs> if there's any, any Jags fans out there, but, um, you know, it, it feels like the NFL prints cash, and their cap will always go up, and their players will just keep printing cash. Uh, but in the NBA, you know, we're signing all these big checks, we're taxing the owners big money for these big checks. Um, so, you know, if the salary cap's not going to continue to go up to facilitate that for them, there, there could be a problem where, like we talked about, maybe the owners have to kind of 
push for some rules against the players association and the players and try to get some of the power back, try to get some of their financial power back. Um, I did see something though. Uh, about a week ago, we were I was watching you know classic NBA or a couple weeks ago NBA free agency, and they were talking about their the NBA's new media deal, which is up in about I think two to three years. Uh-huh. Um, and apparently during the renegotiation, uh, the NBA is going to have a huge, huge contract with their media deal, and people are projecting that the salary cap is going to go up. An insane amount, like a max contract now, for example, is about thirty, like about forty million dollars. Yeah, like forty. They're expecting yeah. it to get up to seventy million dollars for yeah, the first with year. Yeah, Dame stuff too. Yeah, and Dame, like, yeah, Jokic's last years, he's already making over sixty mil. It's insane. And they're they're projecting starting around seventy to seventy-five mil, getting up to a hundred mil a year by the end. So that's insane. I mean, yeah, like I said, maybe like we talked about, maybe I'm way off base with those numbers, but. Um, you There's know, some crazy stuff going it on. It's crazy. Yeah. So it, crazy. if they do get, like you said, the fans drive the money, the TV, the you know the viewability. That's what basically prints the cash for them. And if if they're going to make those fancy expensive agreements, then they can afford those contracts. But um, they'll obviously have to rework the the cap and the luxury tax with those bigger contracts. But I don't know. I always feel like the situation in the NBA is a little bit more volatile than the NFL, just because the NFL has the hard cap and. You know, at least on the final roster, there's very little wiggle room around that hard cap, uh, as opposed to the NBA. Like we talked about, you can get away with a lot more, uh, depending how rich your owner is, basically. Um, but really, just wanted to uh, transition. You know, after starting the show with that short topic, continuing off yesterday, uh, the pod and um, Lakeup's fine, and the new news with that. I uh, wanted to talk about the Donovan Mitchell rumors. Um, you know, he's kind of one of the last dominoes to fall, assuming Kyrie and KD kind of worked it out in Brooklyn. Uh, we talked about how, you know, there are suitors, but nobody willing to sell the chickens and the farm equipment or the fields just to get him. Um, talked about LeBron and Russ and AD basically having to stay put with each other just because Russ is an expensive contract. He's third most in the league right now in salary and really had his worst career year. Um, at least the eye test told you that. I'm not sure what his numbers were off the top of my head, but um, had a pretty horrific season. People just leaving him wide open to shoot, him hitting backboards. It was really brutal. Lots of turnovers. Um, and like we talked about, just really doesn't mesh with LeBron's game. So I don't know if any team, other than someone who's rebuilding or wants to move off you know, salary cap stuff for contract purposes, would take on Russ at this time. So I think the Lakers are probably going to have to move forward with that. Um, so, I don't know. To me, uh, I'm interested to hear your comments on this, E, but I think Donovan Mitchell is really probably one of the last big dominoes to fall, um, pending any Kevin Durant or Kyrie or Russ mm-hmm. kind of craziness. But Yeah. Um, the one thing I did know about Donovan Mitchell is he is signed through 2024-2025 season. So, a team that would trade for him, it's not going to be like a rental team where – like, for example, Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors a few years mm-hmm. ago. That was a, That's a great example. The Raptors knew it was a rental. Great they example. didn't have to give too much. Like, Donovan Mitchell is going to – he's going to go for a King's Ransom if Rudy Gobert went for, what, yeah. went for what he Rudy, got. Rudy messed up the entire market, dude. Yeah. So and the Wolves. <laughs> I saw a bunch of Knicks stuff. The Knicks could make it happen with their young pieces. Like, Quentin Grimes is a great example. He's a really solid, solid player who could really blossom in, like, a bigger role. 
They got draft picks. They got all this stuff. What I don't see happening is that he rumor. Like it, that would be tough. It would be a That'd great, be great. I don't see how the Heat can make the money work. Um, they don't really have the ability, I don't think, to make it happen. But I think honestly, the Donovan Mitchell will stay with the Jazz this year in the this season, and then after that, this pat this next season, I think he's probably going to be on the move. I don't know where to, but I right. Think, I think next season's the time for him to move. Right. And and there's multiple aspects to the situation, right? Like, I think you highlighted the two, definitely the most popular des- destination I've been here in, in New York. Um, they've been desperate for a star. It feels like they're always one out on losing the star, even Zion, mm-hmm. or even the last, like, 15, 20 years. It feels like they're always rumored, and then they never, never get the star. But that would be huge for them, um, getting a star like Donovan Mitchell and... You know, pending that you didn't have to give up so many things to get him, he could really elevate them back into relevancy. Because um, the only teams they're talking about in New York these days, outside of these rumors, are the Nets, the Giants, and the Jets, really. I mean, the <laughs> outside yeah. MLB. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. It's tough for the Knicks. And I know the Knicks fans have been wanting this <laughs> poor Spike Lee. They've been wanting this for a long, long time. <laughs> so uh, we'll see if they can make it happen. Apparently... The asking price is, you know, it's a similar situation to Kevin Durant. I think that the asking price is just so, so, so high that it's really hard to convince a team, even even the Knicks, to to pull the trigger, even for a player like Mitchell. But um, the other aspect I want to talk about this situation, maybe not just destination, but what's the motive, right? Are the Jazz kind of kicking him out the door and saying, hey, this is a total rebuild. We didn't just choose you over Rudy. We want you both gone. We want all the picks. We want a total rebuild from bottom to top. You know, for the next couple of years, be irrelevant, but then really kind of come back into the limelight with a, a young core. Um, as they've seen kind of these younger teams, um, you know, traditionally poor teams kind of getting these great lottery picks and, you know, being boosted into relevancy. So, you know, is it because Donovan Mitchell wants to finally leave or is it because, you know, the Jazz want to totally rebuild? Yeah, that's a good point. I I honestly think it's more the Jazz are going to try to rebuild because they got Malik Beasley, solid young guy. Jared Vanderbilt, who's a really solid yep. four in the league. He's solid. They got uh, Walker Kessler's rights, four draft, four first-round draft picks from uh, the Timberwolves. That's so, <laughs> so crazy. I think the Timberwolves <laughs> are going to be a really solid regular season team. I don't but know. Like in, in the, the regular post, season, yeah, yeah. they're going to be solid. Yeah. In the, in the Playoffs? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I don't know either. But That's tough. If they can get That's even, tough. let's just say, two solid young guys for D-Mitch and along with three first-rounders, I think that's a better option than just hoping D-Mitch likes what they're doing and just pray he doesn't force his way out later. Right. It it so. almost feels like that situation, that marriage is almost destined to end, mm-hmm. you know, kind of regardless of if they do it now or do it in a year or two. And another thing is they definitely want to – or Donovan Mitchell wants to win now. Right. And he's not winning now with what they got. Right. It's too many young guys, too different of a time frame for each of them. It's it's tough. Right. I, I agree with you, man. It's a tough situation. I don't know what I would do if I were either side on that, to be honest with you. But uh, since you brought it up uh, with the Timberwolves, kind of an interesting team. Um, you mentioned being mm-hmm. good in the regular season maybe. And uh, maybe you can comment on where you think they'd finish in you know, who they could kind of potentially beat in the West or who they might lose to in a playoff situation in the West. Yeah, so I see them, honestly, as a top four seed in the West in the regular season. They have a pretty pretty 
solid roster from top to bottom. Like, obviously, go Baron Cat, but Anthony Edwards is a stud. Like, he's going to be an absolute stud. And so you already got three all-stars right there, at least. Right. But then you move on from that. You got a bunch of solid role players. And then you go into a the West, who's not as strong as they used to be anymore. Right. Because the East now has all the, top, the real top dogs. But besides <laughs> the Warriors, of course. Yeah. But I think once they make the playoffs, I see them losing at least to the Mavs, Clippers, if they're healthy, the Suns, definitely the Warriors. I don't yeah. think... I don't think Gobert and Cat can be on the floor against the Warriors together. And Dame, if he drops 70 a night. Dude, Dame, Dame's going to need a prayer. <laughs> but I, you never know. Like, even the Grizzlies with how, like, John Morant and Desmond Bain, like, Jaron Jackson Jr., if he plays the five, like, Dude, you can't. they're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be like, good. You just won't be able to do it. It's just, they're going to be, like, even the Nuggets, like, Rudy Gobert is a great rim protector. But right. if Jokic is out at the three-point line, he cannot guard yeah, Jokic not out at the three-point line. Jokic, no chance. He, they have no chance in the playoffs. No so chance. I think, I really think they messed up with that trade for Gobert. While we're on the topic, sort of Western Conference landscape, mm-hmm. you know, if you had to pick today, who's filling out those playoff spots? You All know, right. maybe start top down. Yeah. Right, maybe not, go. you know, don't um, have to go on record or anything with uh, predictions. You can put me on but, record. Uh, you know. <laughs> I, got, I got one Suns again. I think they're still oh, the really? most. I still think they're the most complete team. I don't care how old Chris Paul is. Oh, man, dude. As long as they don't give up 90% of their team for uh, Kevin Durant, which I still, <laughs> I still don't think they will do. I still think they have the best chance of being the one seed. That's fair. Two right, seed, I got fair. Grizzlies next year. I think what? they're going to take a step up. I do. I do. What about... Oh, all right, I'll wait my turn. I'll yeah, wait my yeah, turn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Warriors <laughs> at the three. All right. Warriors three seed. I think Timberwolves take that four seed. Clippers five as long as Kawhi and Paul George are healthy. I got Nuggets six. And then in the play-in, I got the Lakers. I got the Ma- well the Mavericks and then the Lakers. Yeah. And then... Ooh, those match two teams. Depends on Dude, Anthony Simons with the uh, Trailblazers. I could see them sneaking in the 9-10 right. spot along with, I don't know, really. The Jazz maybe if Donovan Mitchell stays. but What about sneaky, sneaky, sneaky? What about Houston? <sighs> see, I honestly would have said that if they got Paolo Bancaro in the draft, but we'll talk about that a little <laughs> later. I think he was a much better fit, but they kind of agreed. Yeah, but... I really don't see them being anything special. I, I see them as a bottom three team in the Western Conference uh, without question this year. That's fair. Uh, you know, not a not a whole lot of gripes with that list. I don't know. I, not a Clippers fan by any means, but their roster is pretty scary. Uh, if John Wall can give any healthy minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi at the top of their games are still excellent NBA players. Well above average, excellent NBA players. But... Who's to say that they can stay healthy for a whole season, whole postseason run? And, you know, can the pieces around them kind of help augment them in a championship way? I, I'm not 100% convinced, but I forget where you had them. Like, I have them up five. Five, five seed. Seed. Right behind the Timberwolves. Yeah. Right behind the Timberwolves. Yeah. All right. And, I mean, you're right. Some of these younger teams, too, like Memphis, um, definitely on the come up there. And, and they're a good regular season team, too. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they should yeah, take the yeah. next step. But the one team I want to talk to you about, is, hey, I think the Warriors at three might be a tad low. No, no. See, okay, think about this. Coming off of a championship when everyone doubted them, all that stuff, they were feeling good, feeling great. But, like, Steph's one year older. Clay's one year older. I know. Like, I, they, 
I don't. I don't want to say they're not as good, but they're gonna need a little more rest if they want to go out. Because they play, Think about it. They played more games than anyone else in the Western Conference. Ah, that's fair. S- least amount of rest in the all. The LeBron theory. It is. It is. It is LeBron theory. When you play in the finals, yeah. you, need, you need some more breaks throughout the year. So like, I just see it in that they need. They're, they're gonna need their breaks. They're they're gonna make the playoffs. Like that's no question. Sure. And. I just don't think they're going to be like, oh, we need to be the one seed this year. You know, that's honestly that's fair, and you yeah. see that from some of the veteran teams sometimes too. Sometimes oh, yeah, the young sure, team with sure. some young talent is a little bit hungrier during the regular season. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It can kind of show on the record, but um, you know, what about their young core, their young talent? They have. You oh, know, I love Kaminga. How will Kaminga um, and Wise? Will Wiseman be healthy? Will he play? You know, will Poole keep ascending? How do you yeah. kind of see all those guys fitting in with such a veteran? It's kind of tough. They kind of had they the have, best of both worlds. They do. They do. They, right? they did it right. I'll tell you what. Right. Because they got Moody. Even you would <laughs> bring up Moses. Yeah, Moody's a true. stud. Kaminga, Wiseman, they're all studs in this. They dominated the summer league for the, when, they, <laughs> when they were able to play. But yeah. I see Wiseman coming back, being a big, big role again off his injury. I, I see Kaminga maybe getting more minutes now, especially because they lost Otto Porter. To the Raptors yeah. in free agency, so True. that's another forward minute that they need. And Kaminga's almost—I don't want to say a carbon copy of Otto Porter because I feel like it's a little disrespectful. <laughs> disrespectful. He's still young. He's got a chance. Yeah, <laughs> but he—he's he, definitely that type of player. Yeah. And so I—I I see them really be. They might. I honestly think they might move Moody or maybe even Kaminga for a more veteran player. You almost at the have. Deadline. You almost have to. If you want to go right. at a couple more with Curry, Clay, and Draymond, I mean. Yeah, it's nice having all those young guys, but when are you going to develop them? It's kind of right. like the Thunder Theory. Yeah, yeah you have a good 40 example. young guys, really good but how are you going to develop all these young guys? Right. So it's, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I really like I really like Kaminga and Moody as a come-ups. And, of course, like you said, Poole. He's yeah. just going to keep on being the sixth man, just yeah. dominant. And he'll get good minutes. And yeah, for sure. In the playoffs. He mm-hmm. was playing a lot. He's going to play starter minutes off the bench. Right, So right. So the Warriors aren't going anywhere. Nope. Um, one last team in the West, um, always been relevant, you know, recent years, um, even with some injuries, but having the Joker, uh, with the Nuggets, uh, when they had that run, uh, with Jamal Murray being healthy and the Joker, I personally was a huge fan. I, I love Jamal Murray. I think his game is awesome. <laughs> and I love <laughs> his game with you, with the Joker. Um, you know, watching them give teams a run for their money in the West when, you know, they're still pretty young. Uh, it was pretty cool to see, but uh, no Jamal Murray this year, and the Nuggets were still competitive. Uh, obviously, hit a brick wall uh, in the playoffs. Uh, nothing they could really do there for the Joker. But I was gonna, you know, ask you what you think about Murray coming back. You know, uh, is he gonna get back to superstardom kind of right away with the Joker, and where do you kind of see that all shaking out? Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge Murray guy too, but you gotta remember the last time we saw him was in the bubble. And he was a stud in the – well, last time we saw him play a lot was in the bubble. Right. And obviously, he was a stud in the bubble, but so was T.J. Warren. All right. And I, like, this I, bubble I'm, slander. It's not bubble slander. Do you think – what? Do you think LeBron's ring doesn't count either? No, that, that counts for sure. All I'm right, just saying right, they right. played a lot. There was no – We're on the same page. Though, yeah, no, for sure. Right, no, for right. sure. There was just different, like, the baskets. Like, when you step in an NBA arena and see the sight lines players have to shoot in, there's nothing behind the basket, and it is right. weird. I played in I played in Richmond's arena, which uh-huh. is a huge arena, and we played on the main court. It's weird shooting on those hoops. Yeah, I'm, I'm bet. telling you, I bet. And like having it's like play, they were like playing in a wreck. 
Like, <laughs> there's, like, a high school gym almost. It's just different sight lines, a lot easier to shoot. So, right. he did shoot the lights out. I think he's going to help them a lot, but I don't think he's going to help them get past, like, the Warriors or even right. the Grizzlies or the Suns. But right. I still think they're going to be a scary team in the West, but nothing nothing too scary. Right. I like it. Yeah, there was the talks around that time, too, like, that the bubble would benefit all the younger players. Um, because there's no, you know, no crowd mm-hmm. and yep. they're not as nervous and the veteran guys, it was harder for them to kind of get up for games. And when they're so used to the crowd and look at the Suns there, right? They yeah. were the worst in the West and when Donovan or Devin Booker led that team and without, that was before the Chris Paul days, yeah. before the Michael True. Bridges days, True. And they went off. Yeah. What they win? 11 straight and something still to like make that. the playoffs? Yeah, but, something, hey, something that, like that. That yeah. boosted everyone in that organization. Look at them now. That's true. <laughs> but then it's funny, it kind of came full circle in the other direction when LeBron <laughs> came, came of course, out on the of ring. Of LeBron won the ring. You know, he's, the, an abs- he's an animal. You he's know, an animal. The, uh, probably the guy with the most criticism in the last 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, definitely in the NBA. But, yeah. um, you know, interesting stuff in the Western Conference. Uh, wasn't really planning on it this episode, but since we kind of dove into the West, uh, I wanted to kind of take a minute and talk about the Eastern Conference. Um, we'll try not to make it too Sixers heavy, although we're both, you know, as you as you know, big Sixers guys. But we'll talk about them and some of the other powerhouses in the East in a second. All right, getting right back to it with the Eastern Conference uh, in the NBA. Um, obviously, we're big Sixers guys. We hope they could be the one seed and uh, win a ring one of these days. I'm not sure the this is our year, but uh, we'll go back to you, E. Uh, what are your rankings in the East? You know, kind of heading into the season, where do you see teams finishing and who do you think comes out of the East ultimately in the playoffs? Right, so I got one seed. I got the Bucks. I think they're yeah, going to have a bounce no back here. There. No arguments yep. there. I think Chris Middleton will be healthy. Drew Holiday will have another resting period. I think Giannis is just going to come back you know, better than ever, just like normal. Best player in the league. Oh, definitely. I agree. Yeah. He's, he's a stud. It's two seed, I got the Celtics. I think they're, still, they're not going to drop off. They, they got pretty much the same team coming back. Got the Sixers at the three seed. I got because huh? uh, you know Sixers fan and MB is just going to be a stud. They'll be good this regular they, season. They it's definitely they got they got a lot better bench pieces too. Right. So with Daniel House and DeAnthony Melton, right? PJ Tucker if he ends up coming off the bench. But <laughs> I got four seed as the Nets, even if they have KD Kyrie. I think they're going to be a four seed over Miami. Over Miami, absolutely. Wow. I think Miami's going to not fall off, but I think they're going to be a, they're going to be a five seed. Is my guess. Like they're gonna be like I think three four five with the Sixers Nets and Heat are it's all gonna, gonna be, be close. They're gonna it's be gonna close. be close. I yeah, think, yeah. So I got yeah, Heat at five, and then six seed. Six seed is tough. I like the Cavs. If Darius Garland, you and Mobley and Darius Garland, Garland. Mobley and Allen, I love that. Group. <laughs> I love it's a good the group. Raptors. Good I like group. what they're doing. I love the Hawks. I love how they what they're doing with Trey Young and building around him. I think they that's got smart. your boy. Yeah, Jonte Murray. They do have Jonte Murray. I do love Jonte Murray, <laughs> but I still think I still think the Raptors are just a more complete team, and they got another bench piece like we talked about earlier with Otto Porter. Right. I think they needed a, a score a score like that a shooter off the bench. Right. So I think I think they're gonna round out that that six seed, and then in the plains, definitely gonna be the Hawks, definitely gonna be the Cavs. I have the Hornets again. They're gonna be back, and I got the Knicks. And the I, Knicks. I got the Bulls. Bulls missing the playoffs. I know Bulls fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just you guys are 
Oh, can't be a good team. Let's just put it that way. I don't think you guys are going to argue oh, with me. Oh, man. That's funny. A lot of pain in Chicago basketball these days. Yeah. Uh, they, they had the 90s. <laughs> they did own the 90s. That's true. <laughs> well, where do you see, like, where do you see, you know, the, the Wizards, the Pistons, you know? All right. So I, that's like a good that. question because I think the Pistons are could be the sleeper team to make the play in. I, I love Kate Cunningham. I'm, huge, I'm really high on him. I love what they did in the draft. They went out. They pretty much did a perfect draft in my eyes and getting Jalen Duren at 13. Yeah, they needed that was a, good, a, center. a good pick. Isaiah Stewart, I don't think, is the answer. And Cade Cunningham throwing lobs to Jalen Stewart is going to be <laughs> disgusting. It's one of those young cores we talk about that are really excited heading into the season. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just they also got Jaden Ivey. We didn't even talk about him. Yeah, yet. true. Number five. We can talk about that in the, he, in the I think he's a top too. four player, and they got him at five. I mean – that's a that's that's another top tier guard. Hopefully, if he pans out, but I got them just missing the play in. I got who else are we saying? The Wizards. I the Wizards. Yeah, they got Bradley Beal, Chris Porzingis, and that's it. They're in trouble. Like Kuzma yeah. ain't nothing special. Yeah, like, they can't. I, I got them being a bottom seed again, a bottom feeder. I got the Magic. They're gonna need another couple of years. Because Jalen Suggs did not progress as much as they would. No, hope. that's true. I got the Pacers down there. I don't think. Anything like Halliburton's a stud, but I don't think anything they've done is going to help them get out of there. And like, I mean, that's that's it, really. Yeah, you're gonna be, they're just gonna be down there, down in the bottom. Yeah, I mean, no arguments there. I would just say that, um, you know, like you said, the the middle seeds with like the three, four, five, they're definitely going to be interchangeable. They're yeah. they're always pretty close. Even anyways. the top five. I mean, yeah. the Buc- besides the Bucks, I think the Bucks are going to have a bad bounce back here, but yeah, they'll be healthy. It's going to be good. tough. But I'd probably switch out. Uh, maybe this is biased with the recent Bridges news, <laughs> but I'd, I'd probably switch out the Pistons into the playing scenario for the Hornets. I can see that. Um, no, no just because you know I got some good friends in Charlotte. I, I love their, I love the city. I love the arena. I've been to a few games there. Um, big fan of the team, but um, gun to my head, I have to pick. I, I like the Pistons core. I think if they can take the next step, I think they'll get themselves in a playing scenario. It was huge um, for them to move on from Jeremy Grant too. And yeah. The trail it was huge. They, they're going to let so many of their young guys have a lot of big minutes. And I think that's just going to help them so much in the next couple of years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, before we get on to the draft pieces here, we'll just highlight the, like we said, the big three picks and all the media around them and go through the top 10 and anybody outside the top 10 that we think can make a splash. But, Oh, uh, you know, I have to ask, man. What do you think the uh, What do you think the Sixers ceiling is this year? You know, I think the Sixers ceiling is the one seed. I swear, I they needed a bench piece. They needed a really solid guard to come off the bench. They didn't really have that with Shake or Furkan or right. really any of them. Right. And they went out and got the Anthony Melton, and I gotta give credit where credit's due. Maury and Elton Brand. Yeah. That, I was huge on the Anthony Mellon and Grizzlies. I was one of his biggest fans, I think. I don't know how many fans he has, but I was definitely one of <laughs> Just them. Just you. <laughs> yeah. See, may, maybe, but I, I love the way he plays. He's going to be a great two-guard, maybe even point guard coming off the bench. And I love the addition of P.J. Tucker. We needed a hustler. We needed I love that like one, that. too. I, and I really he can do. knock down threes. Yeah. We need that. Everyone knows the Sixers he, needs three he's been shooters. on. He's been on competitive playoff runs yeah, yeah, multiple years. Absolutely. It's, it's a good pickup. Daniel House, solid signing. He can be a bench piece. But if Furkan, if Furkan can come back and make threes and come off the bench and Matisse keeps clamping up people, Maxi keeps progressing, I think mm-hmm. I think they're the one seed. I don't know. I just I don't know if I can There's see him beating Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have them as my three seed. Uh, yeah. I I mean I hear you. I just 
I have a tough time seeing them beating the Celtics um, in seven in the playoffs when it gets time for that, or or the Bucks at this point. I really do, unless you know you haven't seen a healthy and beating the playoffs. A healthy a Harden, see healthy if Harden, Harden can kind of train in the offseason, get back, hamstrings back, and Embiid fix his finger. He was shooting knuckleballs this year, and we still still putting up nearly thirty yeah. a game, even with still, those injuries. Still scared the heat. So, but last thing I'll say on this um, from the Sixers' perspective is, um, you know, all that aside, uh, I'm just so happy we have Maxi. <laughs> I'm oh, just gonna say agreed. he's quickly one of my favorite players in the league, and I think a lot of teams in the league. I think the reason why the Sixers couldn't really move Tobias Harris as easily as they thought. Uh, with his contract and get a star in return is because I think all these teams wanted Maxi in the deal. Absolutely, you know? they wanted Maxi and Harris because you know they're going to take on Harris, which is not a great contract. I love Tobias Harris, but me too. But but he, it's not a great contract. I was hoping he'd sign for twenty five ish mil back when he did sign the contract, and now it's up to thirty eight in his final year or final two years, I think. Yeah, it's so close, it's close to forty. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money. It's most too most much. on the team. Most it's too much. Team, it is too much. That's, it's too much. I hate. I, I mean, I, I hate to say it. It is just too much. Who is the fourth best player on the team? Right. Making the most amount of money. Right. It's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. It is tough. But we'll put the Sixers talk to rest for now, um, and really just kind of transition over here quickly to the NBA draft. Um, obviously, a lot of buzz this year. A lot of good young players, mainly focused around the top three um, in Chet, Jabari, and Balo. So, you know, kind of a surprise on draft night. I know it was for me on sort of where these top three sort of fell. Was that uh, at all surprising to you? Okay, personally, it was a surprise in that I really, really thought the Magic were going to take Jabari Smith. But Mm -hmm. I personally would have taken Paolo Bancaro first. I think he's a much better, well, or much well, more well-rounded player right. than Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith is a baller. He can knock down a three. He can right. knock down a mid-range, get to the hoop, all this stuff. But he can defend pretty solidly. But Paulo Bancaro, he just is, looks like a pro, right? Oh, he's a two-way clamp. That's what I like to call him. He can. He <laughs> plays great defense. He's a facilitator on offense. Right. He can knock down threes. He hit right. a bunch of threes in summer league already. He can get to the hoop, but like. I just think his passing is just phenomenal. Yeah, it seems like even watching him in summer league, which say what you want, but it's summer league. But and 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 then back at Duke, it just looks like he was a pro ready player. So mm-hmm. looks like almost a can't miss pick. Yeah, and I think Chet was going two no matter what. I don't I don't think the Magic ever considered him taking him one. But uh, hey, Chet's got the highest ceiling in my eyes out of anyone in the anyone in the draft just because of his frame and his abilities already. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of hype around him. I mean, really tall. He's already knocked down some threes in summer league. Um, obviously, blocks, yeah, obviously, it's a it's league. a block party. And started off started off with six in that first game he ridiculous. played. Ridiculous. Yeah, pretty ridiculous. A little so. cocky. A little cocky. Yeah. He's a little cocky <laughs> he is, but hey, you need some you yeah. need some cockiness. <laughs> we'll see if some of that gets uh, leveled out of him from some of the other big men. Uh, Go try to guard him beat now. Some concern. Some concern from some of the other you know players or fans uh, with the league. Is is he going to get pushed around? You know, kind of due to his. I mean, you know, hey, Kevin Durant. Was he gonna, everyone's like, is he going to get pushed around? They ever see guess. videos of him? He was That's, skinny, but he, he also skinny. didn't play center. Yeah, that's that true. is the big thing. That's true. And do you think? Do you trust the Thunder to send out Chet Holmgren to stop Joel Embiid? <laughs> I know, I don't. I, <laughs> I don't either. But hey, if they if they think he can hold his own. Let's just hope he can put on a little bit of weight. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see how these young guys pan out. I'm the Thunder with a lot of young, exciting people as well. I do think they're going to move some of their players soon. 
I think they're going to make a big trade. You think they're kind of in that situation where they have a lot of young pieces? Exactly. And... I think I think either at this deadline or next all season they're going to move. I don't think I don't think they're going to trade Shea. Gil- they're not going to trade Shea. They're not going to trade Giddy, and they're not going to trade Chet. But every other young guy in future pick, I think, better be ready to get on the road because yeah, they could land and they could land KD right now pretty easily. I think if they really wanted to. But I think they still want to develop for a few more years with Chet, Shea, and Giddy before they make that big of a splash. Right. But hey, I could see it coming this year, honestly. Yeah. Never know Sam Presti. I don't know. That's... That dude. That dude is. That's on. true. What about a Russ reunion? No. <laughs> Sam Presti will not bring Russ back. Put it, mark it down. But he means so much to the city and area. I know, but I unless unless, unless Russ signs for the minimum, he's not going. Russ has too much pride to sign for the minimum. Yeah, not, not a chance. That's Russ, out. Russ and props to Russ. Good for him. Yeah, agreed. I love uh, Russ. What about uh, you? Know you talk. You spoke about Jabari a little bit. Obviously, 6'10", 220 forward from Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what hey, do you think about his ceiling in the NBA? He was on what was considered the best team in college sports or college basketball. Excuse me. Um, he was. I don't want to say he was their leader because he never really had the ball in crunch time. It was all. I don't remember their guard, excuse me, but they had a point guard who was, I think, a junior or senior who was a really, really solid player. Um, but they, I've seen him hit clutch shots. I've seen him, like, take on anyone in the college game one-on-one right. and just get a bucket when he needs, which right. I think is going to be huge for him. But I really think the Rockets got screwed here. They Everyone thought they were getting Paolo. I think he would have been perfect because they got Jalen Green, who's a stud, mm-hmm. but he's not really a facilitator. Right, and neither is Jabari Smith, so I don't know where. And KPJ, Ken Porter Jr. Yeah. That's their that's their point guard right now. He's not a very pass happy guy either. Yeah, they're true. gonna need someone that can move the ball and facilitate the offense. And I really think they got they 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 got screwed. They Paolo Bancaro was their guy. They're perfect yeah. guy. I think they I think up until draft night when the when uh, the commissioner announced that Paolo was going. I first, think they thought he was falling out. Oh, I do too. I really thought I mean, Jabari they were one Chet two. Mm-hmm. And Apollo, then Apollo three, but hey, you get what your hands dealt with, yeah. and you're still getting an absolute stud in Jabari <laughs> yeah. Smith. Let's just hope either they can move on from KPJ and get a real uh, ball uh, facilitating point guard, right. or maybe KPJ can blossom into that. He's still young; you never know. Right. You know, you can't hate still getting a top three player in the draft. Never, especially yeah. these three. This is yeah, it's a good top. One of the most well rounded three I've seen in a long time. Yeah, uh, we're gonna round out the rest of the top ten here. Um, starting with the Kings forward pick of Keegan oh Murray, six eight forward from Iowa. Oh, Kings fans! <laughs> another another year, another questionable pick, I guess you could say. <laughs> Everyone thought Ivy was the fourth guy. I thought Ivy was the fourth guy going to be off the board. It is tough picking him over Ivy. Well, you know, I heard rumors Ivy didn't want to go to the Kings. I you think that's know. what did it? I don't. I don't. I really do not know. But I watched Keegan Murray a lot in college. I, I go to Penn State. I've seen him ball out against Penn State. I watched a lot of Big Ten games. He is a stud, and I will not, I will not say anything else. He is an absolute stud. He's a bucket getter. He's a great four in the NBA. He can stretch the floor, do all that stuff. Um, I think, I think the Kings are gonna be happy with this pick later, later after a couple years. He's balled out so far in summer league or in the summer league, but you know, I Jaden Ivey. Moving up, missing out. On I don't Jay know, Ivey. man. Keegan Murray, twenty-three and a half points, nine boards, two he blocks. Is, dude, he's a bucket getter. But consensus first team All American. I did see, however, some 
scouts in the NBA had him as a number three player or number four, no, a number two prospect. Wow. Chet, then him, then Paolo, and Jabari as three and four. Wow. I mean, so you never know. You only never know. time will tell. Maybe they hit a home run. I it's hope just, they do. They need it. It's, uh, they Kings do. Fans, yeah, they, I'm rooting for you. They do really need it. They really do. Uh, moving on to your boy, uh, five Jaden Ivy, six four, buck ninety five guard out of Purdue. Uh, you know what's sort of his outlook in in the NBA this year as a rookie? I'm huge. I am so high on Jaden Ivy. I, <laughs> I, I, I he went another Big Ten guy. He went to Purdue. He destroyed the Big Ten. <laughs> just uh, he is an absolute all-around stud at the two one or the two i think he'll be a two in the nba but that next to Cade, because he went to the pistons so he'll be next to Cade. but right he can do just about anything you want in a guard can get to the rim dunk on anyone break someone down at the top of the key and hit a step back jumper he is he is one of the most complete guards i've seen in this draft i think right he's one of those guys that you kind of look at and you're like kind of excited for him right away in his first year like he'll be NBA ready yeah, he's one of those like John Moran where you're like how is he how, how, like, how <laughs> yeah. does he do like how does he do that right. like what are you doing like how right. do you do that he might be one, like one of those guys and again that goes to my point that's why I think the Pistons are going to be really really spicy I year. like it I think I don't hate that yeah. I, I like the Pistons too <laughs> I give them, they just need one more year to match but that's to me yeah moving on to the Pacers at six uh picking Benedict Matherin forward six six two oh five out of Arizona I love this pick for the Pacers the Pacers need to hit one and I think they did he was balling out in summer league he was at Arizona Arizona was a top team in the country right my roommate was a huge Arizona fan so we watched a lot of <laughs> Arizona games and this this dude is a stud he can do anything on the basketball court he's one of the best two-way players I think him and Paolo they can defend he can defend anyone he can knock down a three when you need he's he's a really really all-around solid player yeah his first year averaging 42 percent from beyond the arc i mean hey impressive. can't hate that yeah can't impressive. hate that in this day yeah especially in today's league but yeah. uh you know pacers getting close to ayton yeah um yeah, we'll, we'll see know. how that you know the fallout from that and can they really start him, to rebuild next to Tyrese Halliburton that's a scary that's a scary two, yeah. two man combo it'll be a low key, a low key scary combo just maybe not right now give him, give him a couple years and at the 7 the Blazers join in Mr. Lillard the 6'5 guard 198 from Kentucky Mr. Sharp well you say from Kentucky but is he actually <laughs> from Kentucky he did not play a single college game he hasn't played since uh, high school that's crazy well how does that work? Well, I, I don't know exactly what happened. I know for somehow, some way, I, it might have been an injury or a reclassification. Like with his, he somehow wasn't eligible for the first half of this year. Could have joined for the second half, but chose to work out or focus on workouts for the right for the NBA draft. The draft. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. So I personally watched him come up through high school. Not personal, but I watched like his <laughs> highlights, of course, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This this kid can ball. He he's one of those guys where it's like he could be like, how is he not the number one pick in a few years? Well, it's it's sometimes tough to tell now that we kind of have this system in the NBA ironed out where guys have to go or you know are supposed to go for a year at least. Right, right. And you kind of get some tape on them and you kind of have a better idea. But we're kind of out of the LeBron Kobe you know era yeah, where they can just like go that right from high school. Right. It's, 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 it feels like a risky pick though in that, oh, it's, in that sense. It's, it's one of those where it's either in four years we're going to be like how is he not the number one pick how is he not the number one pick or in four years it's going to be like that was the dumbest idea the Trailblazers had. Right. Because it, you got to remember they Anthony Simons 
They just signed him to a big deal, and he's going to be the two guard. Yeah. So Shane Sharp's coming off the bench. Yeah, so that's true. You never know. That's true. That's a tough situation out in Portland, uh, but, you know, at least they have Dame locked up for a long time. Dame Dalla. <laughs> Uh, Dyson Daniels at eight for the Pelicans, a six-seven buck ninety-five guard from yeah, out of the country. Yeah, he's an Australian. Played in the G League last year instead of going to college. There's a few of those out there this year, but this guy is probably the most compl- uh, most NBA ready player in the league or in the draft. Uh, the Pelicans, as we know, was if they get Zion back, they're going to be really good. But that's yeah. the question is, if they get Zion back, if he's going to play. <laughs> That's why I don't really have them doing much in the West because I literally right. have no idea. Maybe a plan. I know I didn't have it in my plan. They just missed it. But Ingram, no. Ingram's a stud. Dude, but he's a stud. He's a stud, but can you stay healthy? But That's true. That's true. It's all about health for that team, and who knows. True. But Dyson Daniels, I really think he's probably the most NBA ready, and he can do it all. All right. Moving to the Spurs, kind of one of those franchises stuck in the past. Uh, <laughs> you know, you kind of feel bad for Pop. But, again, is it like a Belichick situation? Is it his fault? Are people too scared of him? All that stuff aside, um, tell us about the ninth pick for the Spurs. Jeremy Sohan, he is an all-around – no, I shouldn't say all-around. He's a really, really good defensive player. He can guard the one through five, I think, kind of like a Bam Adebayo coming out of college. Kind of oh, yeah. I like really the have, comparison. Doesn't really have the offensive prowess that Bam had, but right. he he's like – he can guard just about anyone. Yeah, he's. I mean, hey, he averaged three steals guy. in high in college. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Three athletic, steals a game. Yeah. high motor guy. Yeah, you, know, you can't hate it for the Spurs. Sounds like sounds like right Spurs. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say it sounds like exactly the Spurs probably would have taken him one. Would have been surprised. out the top ten, the Wizards, another team, kind of, you know, in rough shape with Beal and. Um, not a whole lot else going on for them in terms of in comparison to the rest of the NBA, but uh, Johnny Davis at the ten spot at guard out of Wisconsin. Johnny Davis, another Big Ten guy. A lot of Big Teners, a lot of Big Teners up this year. There was a lot. There yeah. was a lot. I watched a lot of a lot of his games too, and he's he can score on anyone at any time on any part of the floor. He's one of those Steph Curry type guys where once he touches on the other side of that half court line, he's danger zone. <laughs> um, he, he, I think he's going to be a great I think he was a great pickup for the Wizards they needed a young guard that's going to take over for Bradley Beal in a couple years and this guy can shoot the lights out right and it's another exciting player that's what I mean it feels like there's a ton of exciting talent in the NBA these days especially this draft really highlights that mm-hmm. um, so it's interesting to see kind of who's going to burst into the, into the limelight into the superstardom and who might be the bus from this uh, from this draft but um, after rounding out the top ten, there, just wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of <laughs> pick a couple of your favorites. You know, at any pick in the draft um, outside the top ten, and well, kind of see who you like. Yeah, I'd kick myself if I couldn't make one of Knicks fans for once. <laughs> Trey Guzman Jang. First off, drafting Guzman Jang, I thought was a risky pick at eleven, and I was thinking, yeah. oh man, what are they doing? And then they go and trade him right away, so they don't get a first round pick this year. <laughs> and I'm just like. Oh, Before fans. Knicks, I I still remember like they had Stephen A. and like Spike Lee on, and they're just like, who are we do? Who are we picking? Yeah. And they get him, and they're like, what is going on? And they're like, why are we picking this? And, then and they it's sh- like, why are we trading? Yeah, and then they for trade one? him immediately. For and then, for oh me. man, I feel bad. Uh, I, I gotta make fun of them sometimes. They did. Just, yeah, they did a good job capitalizing with Stephen A. on that too. That was funny. It was a great take. Uh, Another guy though, Jalen Darren, that I talked about earlier on the Hornets. Yeah, I think them trading for Jalen or. I think the Hornets training for him. Or, 
Sorry. He traded to the Pistons. Traded to the Pistons. Yeah, yeah, Because I do think the Hornets should have kept that pick and signed him. Because Lamella I mean, Darren six, was sweet. Yeah, 6'11 center would have been a lob threat for Melo. And he's athletic. Yeah. But, hey, I don't like the Pistons. Kate Cunningham instead. Darren sounds just as good. I know. That's what I, I mean. Really I think like, the Pistons really are going like to be going to be scary. Oh, at yeah. least in the bottom part of the East. Hey, they could be a sleeper. You never know. But I, I really like the I really like that trade by the Pistons. They well, got a stud. While we're kind of here, he was the 13 pick. What about the guy right before him at 12? I I really think this guy can play. Jalen Williams. Yeah. Jalen Williams. Yeah, he's a he's another guy that can just do just about everything. Like he is a all around stud. I don't think he's gonna be quite as good as the top you know six seven guys in this draft. But hey, he could he could make out a really solid career as a Every day, four in the league. Right. I think I think he's a good, you know, shot creator. Three or four, I should say. A, a good shot creator. Yeah. Um, can kind of develop his jump shot and be a good player in the NBA. But I agree with you. I don't think he's necessarily – he's not like Paolo, he's not that guy. Paolo yeah. NBA ready. Right, right. Like, I think he's going to be a good piece to the to that team. Yeah. But, hey, um, with the Thunder, you never know. Right. That's true. Who's going to rise up out of the Thunder there? But anybody else you want to highlight uh, um, in the NBA draft? I just want to talk about Ty Ty Washington going 29. <laughs> I have him as a top 15 player in this draft, and the fact that... Going that to the Rockets, went, right? Yeah, he got Grizzly. traded. Yeah, Grizzlies, yeah. Grizzlies draft and trained to the Rockets. Like, yeah. Like, he could be that guy we were talking about earlier with the Rockets that can facilitate and score. Like, he is a stud. Yeah. Out of, a lot of Kentucky. And, yeah, out of Kentucky, kind of surprising with his game and being at a bigger school that he kind of came that late in the maybe draft. Maybe like a Maxi type. Yeah, that's late what I mean. The first round. A little bit later than Maxi, but yeah, yeah. kind of the same. Hey, in the 20s, and hey. And Coach Cal, he knows, you know, he coaches him up, and he was high on Maxi, and he's high on this guy. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully he jumps right in for, for them and makes an immediate impact. But anybody else you wanted to highlight while we're here? Yeah, last guy is Malachi Branham out of. Ohio State to the Spurs at twenty. I think he's a sleeper at the draft. He could be, he could be one of those guys where we're like, wow, this dude is amazing. He's got all the tools to be a two-way stud. Can he can shoot? He's long, he, long arms. He got, he's got everything he needs to do. But let's just see if he can. Let's just see if he can develop. Yeah, and, and I, be, I believe went to LeBron's high school. He so. did. He did go to LeBron's <laughs> high school. That's good juju right there. So. Uh, so he's not even the best player to ever come out of his high school. Yeah, you know, so, you know, when you're going up against LeBron, I don't think he's going to be the best at much. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, thanks for staying with us today, guys. You know, mostly NBA podcast. Tune in for another episode here in a few days. Um, we'll focus on some more NFL topics. Um, touch on why, you know, quarterbacks growing up mostly playing, you know, baseball and football. A lot of them play both, and why they've kind of all picked football. Uh, at least the major stars like Pat Mahomes. Colin Murray, Russell Wilson, and those guys, and kind of what leads into those decisions. Uh, but thanks for staying with us. E, thanks for coming on the pod yes, today. Yes, sir. Happy to have you, bro. Happy yes, to sir. have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome back anytime. But, uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your family. Thanks for listening. Trust the Doc Podcast. Peace.